0: And we're back! Well. Hey, welcome back to the Alice 50 Film Review! Woo-hoo-hoo. So, Ben, you and I just went to the real world. The real, the real world. We are not doing this via Twitch, we are not doing this via WebEx or Skype or Zoom. We are doing this at the Mustang Studio,
1: with the convertible top convertible down. Top down. It it's a beautiful nice, outside. cool night here in Chattanooga. We're next to the baseball stadium. I'm pretty sure that Chattanooga mocks are playing the. Uh, no, it's it?
0: actually the Tennessee Volunteers versus Georgia South. Oh, I wow. guess it's just a okay. baseball field in between, so oh. that nobody had to drive too far.
1: Forgive me, yes. Uh,
0: who knows? But hopefully this podcast doesn't get cut short by uh, cheering fans and fireworks and rock music. We'll find out.
1: Or ornerous, uh, um, you know security guards security like that guards. one time we oh saw my Solo. Oh, uh,
0: So, yes. Ben, where did we just go see the movie that we just saw?
1: The place that we should have seen it, yes. no matter what theater is playing it in town. We saw... A big, big movie on a big, big screen here yes. at the Aquarium Downtown IMAX. Legit IMAX. Real not, the, not the – not the. this is an IMAX screen, but it's not the big square yeah. giant
0: IMAX that we're used to. This was legit IMAX. This was the real thing. This is the Tennessee Aquarium IMAX. Be sure to check out the Tennessee Aquarium. Hey, guys, if you guys want to sponsor us, uh, just give me a membership. You don't have to give us money. Um, absolutely the correct place to see it. The best part about it is – seeing the transitions from the 70 millimeter to the imax and it fills up the whole screen yeah yeah yeah. this has always had the best sound in the city um it also has some of the worst seats (laughs) in the city also it is they built it they built it when i was in high school okay and they haven't really done much in the way of upgrades i think that it was very smart of them to start playing feature releases instead of just the nature films. nature films and the documentaries because i think that that will allow for them to get a bit of a cash infusion and perhaps invest in some upgrades well
1: they have some cash infusion that needs needs to happen because the last year or so with uh covid Very i'm true. sure they've lost so much so the no time to die played here i didn't go see that i yeah. think shang chi probably played here
0: shang chi played here eternal starts here next week yeah um there, you know uh Got to see the first real actual Spider-Man No Way Home trailer in in here. That was really sweet. But Ben, that's not what we saw. No. What did we see?
1: Well, it wasn't Transylvania Two. It
0: was not Transylvania <laughs> no. uh, Hotel Transylvania. Whatever II. it was, yeah, yeah it whatever cartoon.
1: That. No, no, no. This was uh, I think the fourth Denis Villeneuve film you you and I have seen. We yes. saw Blade in 2049. We yes. saw Arrival.
0: We saw Sicario. Yes. Uh,
1: this was June. Dune. 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 And listen,
0: I have some friends who have said, listen, I have no interest in Dune. Dune doesn't sound good to me at all because they're, I think that they may be biased against science fiction movies or they're turned off by the hype because how could a movie possibly live up to that hype, right? And additionally, then you've got the other side of the folks who aren't excited of, oh, good, another failed adaptation of the book is their mind, mind process. Um, without getting too spoilery, let me assure you that this two-and-a-half-hour movie is only the first, I was about to say half, first third of the book. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, it gives you the hint right
1: off the bat, you know, Dune, yeah. part one. Yeah. So you know more is coming. Uh, it is two-and-a-half hours. It it flies by. I had um, no idea. Yeah. Uh, that
0: was the first thing I said to Ben after the movie was, there's no way that was two-and-a-half hours. And. My bladder was telling me otherwise. Oh. It was saying, no, no, no. It was, definitely. <laughs> and you're too old for that, old man. You need to get to the head. But.
1: See, I took the Damien Power device from Avengers Endgame. and ate yes. an entire pizza right before this. All so you got to do. All the salt just soaked mm. it all up and I didn't have to worry about it. Yes. Uh, yeah, this was uh this was a big movie folks. Yes. This was and and I saw I've seen a few feature length movies on IMAX. I saw The Dark Knight mm-hmm. in 2008 back in the uh, the IMAX in Washington DC at the okay. Natural History Museum. And Christopher Nolan is very specific about which scenes have the IMAX. Sure. Okay, it has like the, the heist scene, a big action scene in Hong Kong. This was like a 50-50 split. Yeah. And it was back and forth like rapidly sometimes, but uh, it, it, this is a it's a scale movie. Right. You, this this has massive scale. This is a guy who respects IMAX, doesn't use it for anything other than what it should be. You have CGI in this, but yes. man is a good CGI. Man
0: does it feel practical. Man, oh, my gosh. Yeah, only man a few does it things. Practical.
1: Yeah. So it, this is a, a big, big movie with big, big sound, big everything. The word epic isn't big enough.
0: Right. Was it big enough for you, Damien? It was definitely big enough for me. I am a little bit in shock. It is so, it is so unbelievably a spectacle. It is so much a mind-blowing attraction. It is a thing that I, I, if I feel so sad for the people who watch this on <laughs> their iPhones on HBO Max.
1: The <laughs> way Christopher Nolan would have wanted you, like Dunkirk. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um,
0: no, uh, I feel so sorry for those folks because. Well, first off, actually, let me step back. Because, like I said, I'm a little bit in shock. I'm still processing it a little bit. The simple fact is that the cinematography aside, was this actually an entertaining good movie with great acting and great writing and uh, and great music? And the answer is yes to all of those as well. It's just that if the only way Dune doesn't win every visual Oscar imaginable is purely through some weird Hollywood dumbass it's the only way i can put it i don't know what
1: else competes against it even the costumes damien i mean the costumes alone this was like game of thrones level yes uh just variety and textures and just creativity
0: i've never Um, listen i've never walked out of a movie ever and said you know what i'd like to dress like that (laughs) i kid you not this movie was like man i wish i were a skinny white guy from new york that i could pull (laughs) that off like it is it it the last movie that kind of had this effect was the matrix Okay. Do you remember yeah. after The Matrix, everyone was wearing the trench coat. Yeah, and the, the leather, leather and, and the, yeah.
1: sleek sunglasses and everything? And
0: um, I get that same kind of, like, uh, the costume never gets to me. I never care. I'm just like, hey, all right. And whenever we do the Oscar thing, I'm always like, yeah, the period piece. Sure, give it the period piece. Because, you know, it was difficult. Let's or it's, bl- it's
1: overdone, like in Phantom Minutes, Like, right. everything is overdone.
0: Uh. What are you talking about? Uh, you can just pick up that Padme <laughs> costume down at Kmart. <laughs> yeah. No, this movie, like every component of it, this felt okay. It's gonna I'm trying to say this as a compliment because it can feel if there are people who've watched Kubrick movies that are that are like, I hate Kubrick movies, they're too slow, there's are too too, 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 too. But those of you who appreciate Kubrick movies as the every frame a painting mindset yep. of every detail is taken care of and everything is put in perfect everything is in its place the pacing is correct this is actually in terms of pacing this is better than kubrick but in terms of cinematography in every frame 100% this is the most beautiful stunning visually perfect movie since anything kubrick did like this is at that this is at that highest possible level and then Denis villeneuve said you know what i can make a kubrick movie that doesn't have to feel like a homework assignment so instead I'm, well I, I say that as he tackles the longest book imaginable <laughs> yeah,
1: i was gonna say but, Fra- frank herbert is no a uh,
0: simpleton but two and a half hours did not feel like you know i i love 2001 a space odyssey it is a thing you have to work your way through. You
1: have to work your way through it. Yeah, it, it, the pacing is not its strong suit. It's yeah. just it's amazing on its own, but you have to just kind of be ready for it in the right mood. You yeah. you don't have to be ready in the right mood. You can just jump into this and say I'm in for the ride. Right. Because this is this is a well-paced. I wouldn't just call it an action movie. It's action There's action in it, but it's just it's sci-fi. Okay. Well,
0: and the reason why Dune has been as a novel has been persistent and the thing that this movie got right that alan smithy's dune uh, did not yes is that this movie and this is where i want to turn people away from that mindset of oh i don't want to see it because it's a sci-fi this is not a sci-fi movie it's not an action movie it's not an adventure movie it's all of those things it's not a political thriller no it's no. Al- it's also that it's it's wonderful it's one of the reasons why early marvel movies were so successful with me was the instead of it just being oh here's superman here's superman instead that whole let's take multiple genres let's not pigeonhole this are there going to be flying machines yes are there going to be weird people yes are there going to be really cool uses of bagpipes for some reason yes <laughs> there are they there's nothing about this movie that fits perfectly into a box except for the fact that it's Based in the future, so therefore it's automatically sci-fi.
1: Yeah, you. That's that's the cat. That's the uh, cheap way of saying it. Yes, yeah. but it's a lot of things. It, you can't compare it to anything because this is a world that just kind of exists on its own. Yeah. You know, with ten thousand whatever it was years. Ten thousand one ninety one. Right. Yeah. You. Thank you. <laughs> and and I mean, I I can't even begin to explain the plot of this. You you've read or slash listened to the books. Right. It's it's power plays. It's it's uh, dynasties. It's planets, it's spice, it's time, not time travel, it's uh, light speed travel. Faster than light. Yeah, yeah. faster than light. There's just a lot going on to it. And the thing I appreciate about this one versus the Alan Smithy one, I love that we can say that name so often, by the way, (laughs) in this um, David Lynch film, who kind of wish was sitting next to me in this next to you, is that it it was more patient with the audience and it said it in a way that wasn't clunky or cheesy. The other one was just kind of like, it was so distracting because it was at such a quicker pace of... Disgusting weirdness <laughs> going well, on that you that, had to like stop me. What's going yeah. on? What's that term? This this really gave it to you in, in chunks. So you could go ah, yes. oh, this is this, and step and lets you step back, you know, let you kind of digest that.
0: The my friend Mark actually said it really well. There's exposition in this movie.
1: Y- you think? But yeah,
0: but if you watch the David Lynch version, all of that exposition was here. I'm going to stare into the camera and slightly. Dissolve in and out as we talk about, uh, you know. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to, everything's going to be narration. Everything's going to be quiet. And so the whole time it was this had the exposition as, you know what? I'm actually informing the character about this information. It's not, hello, audience. Behold, here is, or worse, here, read this. Yeah, a lot of reading in that
1: one. Okay. This is Paul Atreides played by timothy chalamet yep and we're with him right he's the he's the protagonist in yep. this and again i'm not going to go into the plot of this but there's a lot of there's a lot of mini plot points but it, again it lets you digest it like this is what this thing is in this world these are the what's the what's the ima what did he say like the phrase from the original dune what the heat's like um, yeah that and like I mean, just yeah there's lots of terminology is sure. my point and uh, the Siege and the and the right. you know actually did they ever say the word melange in this?
0: They didn't no Spice Melange was a uh was a creation by David Lynch. Was it really? Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm f I am was listening for that and going there's saying spice here, but yeah. and of course there's the worms and there's lots it's just this otherworldly Shalu, adventure. Yeah. yeah, thanks, thank you, yeah.
0: And that the best part about it was they would introduce you to a term. And if you're smart enough to get it, you get it. But they don't go shahaloot and it's spelled S-H-A <laughs> apostrophe. Right. No, Instead, it's just like these are words that, in our, that are in our vocabulary and we're going to use them. And hopefully through context clues because we trust you as an audience. That is what gets this movie such a huge green check mark is that 100% they're like, audience, you're going to keep up or you're not. And we're, we've got a story to tell you. And you might need to watch this again. And, yes, I definitely want to watch, watch it again. And
1: I'm so glad it's being done in parts, too. I don't yes. know if that was the vision of David Lynch back in the day to do this, 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 following the books. Yeah. But it, they, they crammed a lot more into they, that they movie. They had to. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have the
0: opportunity of the, concept of the concept of doing what Peter Jackson invented with Lord of the Rings.
1: Thank you. I was going to talk about that comparison. This yeah. is what he's looking at. A
0: hundred percent. This is the Peter Jackson. Let's get everything, you know. We're, we'll, we'll film as much as we can. So first off, that way, you know, Timothy Soundlight doesn't suddenly look, you know, 40 by the time we get to part three. Film, 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 film. We're going to do so much of it on Panavision. But, hey, we've got IMAX 2. Let's do as much as we can on IMAX, which I think is part of the reason why you saw so many pops back and forth, is that they probably just said, all right, what is, uh, studios, what is the absolute most I'm allowed to spend on IMAX film? <laughs> And they said it's, it's however many million dollars. They, they said, said yes. And they said, they, and so the director said, okay, that's how much I'm going to be buying and using every yeah. inch of that film. Yeah. Everything else will be in Panavision.
1: Even for a little desert rat, Damien.
0: Even for a little desert rat. Yeah. And
1: I love that. Like and it wasn't just like the big grandiose scenes. Yeah. It was. It's so great about IMAX is that you just feel so present in the scene. It right. just brings you in, and it's such beautiful resolution. And it's not like the uh, the big wide shots that you saw like in Attack of the Clones, where it's just right. CGI everywhere. This feels very tangible. Everything, Everything feels, feels so tangible. Practical. Yeah.
0: And I'm a I'm a thing nerd, right? I'm a thing. <laughs> it's the best way for me to put it. Like I love airplanes. Hashtag and thing lo- nerd. Yes. And I love airplanes, and I love like the military equipment and sure. I love the the weapons and, and all that. And I'll be honest, when I first saw the Ornithopter sketches in whatever movie thing years ago for Dune, I was I honestly just seeing the picture of it, I was like, Well that looks dumb. Well it's a giant mechanical dragonfly. And then <laughs> you see it and I'm just sitting there going like, Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and and it's like, of course they can't use uh, you know, a helicopter blaze because Sand would get sucked into it. Of course, this is how you have to do it's it. It's vibration. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to do it because otherwise you'd never be able to see where you're driving because everywhere is always sand all the time. <laughs> and. Oh, my gosh the, the,
1: the, the crawler, you know, like the, the Spice yeah. Mine crawler, just, it makes you want to see more of that world. Yes. Like, that's a cool thing. I want to see more of that thing. Like, I mean, just little devices they have. Of course, the suits they wear that yeah. like the Fremen made to make sure they it can absorb still suits, water.
0: The shields looked. Listen, I know David Lynch did the best he could with cgi back in yeah back then yeah. oof but the shields in this was really cool i loved the whole chromatic you know blue means block red means it hit because how that's one of our biggest complaints about dark fighting and this movie has a ton of less fight in the dark that, that instead w- what did villeneuve says okay since we were this has happened in the dark i'm going to use light as part of the fighting so even though they're in the dark yeah. and they're close in and you can't really see, we're able to I'm able to communicate the hits better by making this shield glow where the hit is, so your eyes actually able to keep track of it whereas if you were to look at I don't know Venom, you're like, "Oh, <laughs> that one black CGI blob right, flying right, that right, black right. CGI blob in the shadows." Or let's have an invasion at night, which from space and you know what's going to be really cool? Watching the city get nuked. And so then, uh, so just imagine the work it takes. You're on the set, and the only light you're really going to use is, as your your actors, as your your, uh, James Brolins are running across the sand, we're going to light the scene through the light of quote-unquote explosions. Yes, yeah. So it may be night... But there's going to be times where you see everything and the fact that you can see everything should instills that sense of terror and awe and grandeur into the thing of this is so violent that it's they've conquered night. Like, it's, ah, uh, <laughs> I'm getting really philosophical <laughs> about pilsof- this movie. Just, uh.
1: as, just a side note, that weirding thing where they hit that thing on their wrist, and brrr, brrr, that kind of flutteriness, did remind me of Ant-Man versus Wasp. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> With the person that was in that little flux syndrome, I don't right. know what you call it. It's just the sound and the noises, but that's a very big aside. Yeah, th- I love being in this world. Yeah. I want to see the sequel. I want to see the whole story. I hope Delivineau makes... All the money. Right. It gets all the awards. The studio's yes. like, ah, oh, that means we can give you more. Because it is kind of a Peter Jackson thing he's doing, where he looks at this whole anthology of this yes. deep storylines oh and gosh. character development and just the Tolkien level. I don't know which is richer, Tolkien or this, you know? I mean, and to go into it and have to have the faith of the studio and the trust of the audience to be there and to, to show up. Yeah. And you're, it's a high bar. So if I'm a super uber, uber, uber Dune fan... Am I happy with this?
0: I think you are, and this is the hard part. Is I've listened to Dune. My dad was a huge original Dune movie fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he would. He and I would joke, and Muad'Dib was a killing word. Um, <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> that.
0: And so, like, Dune's always meant a lot to me, but I've never been, I've never been as invested in Dune as I am in, say, Marvel or Star Wars or Star Trek. Okay. Like, Dune was always the book itself it took me five tries to read never could get past the first quarter then i had to have audible read it to me and i was able to consume it there are people that are 100% on board with this and i'm telling you right now next year's dragon con is full <laughs> of still suits.
1: I'm just glad it didn't do the thing I was kind of worried about. It had a lot of things like, okay, if they do this, I'm going to be mad. It's like the John Woo syndrome where there's too much CGI, Right. right? Or the, I'll say it sometimes, Peter Jackson syndrome where it's, it's not really grounded in the, the human. Yeah, the well, Hobbit the Hobbit, Hobbit stuff. Yeah, the Hobbit syndrome. The um, yeah, Lord of the Rings is pretty much flawless, but the Hobbit <laughs> thing where everyone talks like, oh, we'll go quietly into the night. Like, yeah. it's just, there's actually humans in this, making yes. human dialogue, conversations, there's emotions, there, there's, you're invested in these people, you're watching their relationships, and this is a huge, talented cast. We haven't yeah. talked about the cast yet. We're we talking really about Rebecca Ferguson, yeah. Oscar Isaac, Timothy Chalamet,
0: James R- Drax,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Javier you, Bardem. Which Skarsgård was that? Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård playing the gelatinous giant, uh, you have, which I forget the reason why he's that. It's because of the spice, right? Because he well, overdid no, it? or no, it,
0: He is supposed to, well, one thing, Doom as a novel, it very much paints the people as good and evil. So. Uh, Baron Harkonnen is always per- portrayed as gluttonous. Yeah. And the reason why, you know, he he represents this evil is that well, okay, they controlled Arrakis, they controlled the spice. They didn't, you know, they they were stealing from the empire. They were getting too fat on, you know, their their corruption. And that's actually a piece that I'm glad they didn't do, that's in the book that isn't as much in this movie, they had the Sardaukar, they had the Emperor's Blades, which is the elite, elite shock troops, but they didn't actually have any scenes at all with the Emperor, which is, if you remember the first one, the Emperor and his daughter Yeah, yeah, now, I mean, yeah. She, hell, she starts narrating before the movie starts. Yeah, Alicia Witt, yeah. And so, the you know, they didn't have that component at all. Instead, they allowed for the Empire to be more jaws it's more this unseen threat and instead you just had the harkonnens and the atreides and you had the atreides are being stereotypically the good where you have you know oscar isaac doing this fantastic job as duke Mm leto clean cut uniform everyone's clean it's a little authoritarian but um you know it's sort of it's it's a Star Trek syndrome of uh, I'm sorry Star Wars syndrome of this is an ice planet this is a swamp planet yeah yeah, no, yeah yeah that's not how that works but um, you know the 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 things that people are in Dune generally have an aesthetic there's a style all the Harkonnens were bald all the Harkonnens were were you know genetically engineered to be faster stronger fatter eviler and so. Whereas you had the Atreides and their thing instead was structure and order and discipline. So that's why when you saw the Harkonnen troops attacking, they were a little bit more, you know, they weren't really in battle lines. They were swinging their swords and they were whatever. There's all those little things that if you want to be that invested you get that much more enrichment out of this world building. And it was in the book, and it was very well represented in this movie.
1: It's subtle stuff, yeah. And this movie did great to not give you everything at once. It mm-hmm. kind of folded things out in chapters. Of course, we didn't see Zendaya actually speak until an hour and a half at least into the film. Right. Uh, you have just you know characters introduced, but it, it lets you digest who they are and what their purpose is, and say, OK, we're going to see you later. Uh, so and then, of course, yeah, the Harkonnen guy, basically of the Hutt. Um, I'm so glad this is a side note here. I the first season of Game of Thrones, I think we all secretly wanted to- Maybe not so secretly to see the Dothraki in full battle right. with Jason Momoa being Khal Drogo. Drogo, yeah. he was obviously you know spoiler alert, killed off. Uh, yeah, what? It's been ten years. Um, <laughs> we see Jason Momoa in action in this yes. movie. He does some sword play, and it's actually him doing it. Whereas yes. Tim- Timothy Chalamet has some of those scenes, but that one scene where you see him kind of rolling through the crowd in his dream sequence, where he's yeah. slicing, slicing, and then the uh, the mask comes up, and it's clearly
0: a little a uh, uh, motion cap. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> On him that's not really his face but let let us also let us also take a moment to tangent jason momoa doing his fighting doing his stunts being a badass why didn't the directors of aquaman and <laughs> justice league trust him to i was going to
1: say that yeah what i know i know i just i didn't this is this is my we favorite see role your of budget. his budget well it's my favorite role of his too because yeah. it's just it, it he's such a uh, he's like the the buddy right he's, yeah. he's the trainer He's he's full on Jason Momoa, which, you know, Aquaman kind of wasted in that. Whereas this is given much more of a character to to work with.
0: Let me tell you now, let me really nerd out. Strap in, kids. Here comes the nerd card. No, this was Jason Momoa's best uh, role since Stargate Atlantis, where he got his break. I've never seen that. And honestly, if you liked Jason Momoa in this movie, then that's the show for you, because that's the Jason Momoa you get. Is from that show.
1: Well, was he also in Baywatch, Damian, back in the day?
0: <laughs> Again, <laughs> Stargate Atlantis. Gotcha, gotcha. Understand. We don't, we don't speak of, we don't speak of uh, the Bay or its watch. Um, yes, yes, hundred percent. And uh, you know, we've, we've spent a whole lot of time with Thanos.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And instead, we got to see a very awesome, intense Josh Brolin. Just bring, just, you know, what he's like. I l- he is more. He is less in this movie than you think he is. Well, you in more ways than it, one, he's
1: also a lot shorter.
0: Yeah, well, true. But also, you you walk out of this movie and you think I, I can I can picture the Josh Brolin scenes. He wasn't in a lot of them. Instead, he just brought it. He brought his A game. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, if I got if I've got two lines, they're gonna be the best two lines spoken in the scene.
1: Well, and props to the sound guy or sound team in this movie because oh, yeah. there are so many things in this movie that, that work and sound often overlooked in films is used very very well with the language that they're using Mm -hmm. with the frequencies and tones they talk about with whatever that thing is they're doing with their words to be able to manipulate other people's thoughts jedi mind trick kind of stuff just obviously the the base of things moving through you know space and sand and the worms which aren't overdone not overdone not not just a little sarlacc pit out there this is a big thing
0: when you get to see when you get to the the big reveal scene for it with the first one, with with the Baron and the, yeah. and the crawler, a hundred percent, that's a thing. You kind of get an idea for it, and, but it's just so they they do such a good job of all right. What we're gonna do for you to understand the scale of the worm is we're gonna have the dragonfly thing that we've already introduced to you, and then we're gonna set it next to the crawler so that in your head you can say, ah, the crawler is that much bigger than the thing we're already familiar with. And then we'll have the worm eat the crawler so that your brain's able to go, holy crap! Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like you see the Star
1: Destroyer in Star Wars, and then you see the Corellian ships in the M- Empire. Like, oh, yeah, it's that big. Yeah, got it. Okay, <laughs> uh, that, and that and I go back to the thing with scale. Like, yeah. I mean, Spielberg did it great with like Jurassic Park. Like, the yes. framing a scene, letting yes. the audience go, ah, oh, that's how big this world is. That's yes. how big this machine. is. That's the impact, sound, texture. And the, the, he uses the camera well. It's an IMAX, right? But yeah. it's not wasted. And I love that. I love that we got our money's worth out of the IMAX because we came all the way downtown here, Damien. All the way downtown. Right. We paid for parking. This is not a cheap thing. $15 but dollar seats. Yep, yep, yep. It's just, it, but I, I'm glad I did not, I was tempted,
0: you know, to watch it on HBO Max. I'm like, no,
1: no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Now, I may rewatch it just for comparison. Well, that's, but that's
0: also a good way for us to go back and pick up the pieces of story we didn't miss cuz we may have right. been sitting there just going Bleh? yeah yeah from the visuals and be able to pick up those pieces I w- I will definitely be watching it at least on my 55 but probably my 65 <laughs> if I choose to do that. Do you think your wife would like this? No. 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 <laughs> okay, so it's not no. for everybody. It's not for everybody. Uh, 100% this is not for everybody. Um uh if i drug her to the theater and made her watch her in the theater she would like it
1: i'm glad you finished that sentence if i drug her to the theater yes
0: <laughs> uh but there's no chance at all of her looking away from her phone long enough to, ah, invested gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. to yeah. get invested in the story
1: yeah and the few times that the, the people around us with the iWatches, watches apple watches looking around the phones distracted me but otherwise this is a fully enrapturing movie this will captivate you uh first of all You can have a decent conversation during it in the theater because it is like deafeningly loud. Thank goodness
0: we can shut that couple up in front of us. Yeah,
1: whisper, whisper, shut up. Did they think they were at a bar? I don't know. People (laughs) have forgotten how to be polite in theaters, I guess. But no, this is a loud but enjoyable movie. And remember, we we commented about the sound in Blade Runner 2049 with the blah stuff. But Maybe that he movie had some a diff- things. Well, that and that, <laughs> <laughs> that movie had so many like I don't understand this plot point here. No, that's right. not really how this would happen. There wasn't a lot of like oh, as you call it, DSX machina stuff, yeah. uh, where he's like oh, isn't that convenient? There's a few things of like okay, well that we need to move the plot along, but it wasn't an offensive way of doing right. it. There is. It's a it's a rich plot. It is very much exposition, yes, yes, but you're also setting the stage. What's coming, and they say that at the end, you know, like this is just the beginning. Oh, I guess it's almost over. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the the other pieces, and this is a part that Lord of the Ring Ra- uh, not Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones struggles with as well, or struggled with as well, and that is Game of Thrones is or Song of Ice and Fire, and yeah, you know, all, all of the sequel books they're all written from the first-person perspective of multiple different people. So every chapter is written from Rob Stark's perspective mm. or from Jamie Lannister's perspective or whatever. Dune did that first. Every chapter of Dune was from Dr. Really? – Yeah, from Leto's perspective or from Jessica's perspective or Dr. – I keep on saying say Dr. Zayas, but um, <laughs> I got monkeys on the brain, the <laughs> people.
1: The uh, – the, um, I, I don't know if he was –
0: think he's japanese uh the doctor in this yeah um, um dr Uwe. um yes thank you the this movie it, i think one of the ways that they were able to tame it is that they they basically said to themselves all right this is this is paul's story if you think about the number of scenes that you saw that paul wasn't in there were very few perhaps paul was witnessing a scene so jessica and the the benedict mother yeah their conversation he was there in the background witnessing it yeah you yeah know? so there was uh that was one of the things i think denise did very smart is to say all right we're going to tell paul's story because if we tried to do game of thrones we would require it would require us to have an hbo series yeah. to do this it's a
1: good thing joss whedon didn't direct this right oh my gosh yeah um
0: well, uh, listen, I just really enjoyed uh, – no, no offense to J.J. J. Abrams, but I've, there's very little lens flare in this movie. Um, <laughs> yes. No,
1: it, it, and it's great that the the world you're in and the story you're watching isn't, like, a preachy one. Right. It's commentary on, like, you know, obviously humanity and racism and, you know, just – just Yeah, consumption, exactly. Yeah. And greed, of course, and power, and, and it's – it's not too much to bite off, to You're going to, okay. Right. This is a big universe. Obviously, thousands of universes and planets in here, and uh, obviously rules and laws and trade and all these things. You have to kind of okay. Well, you're getting your framework. But it's not done in a way that it's like, oh, I am lost and I don't care anymore. Right. It's not in a frustrating way. Yes. Uh, you know, hashtag tenet. Um it's <laughs> it's it's and I love Tenet, but it's like it's yeah, no, it's, right. it's offensively like, okay, you're really going overboard. You're just too much Christopher Nolan here. Right. So Denis Villeneuve was the right director for this, and he does a, he's a great job of finding a narrative and sticking to it. Yeah. So Yes, the Josh Brolin thing from Sicario. Yes, he's pulling people that he knows in parts. Yeah, the Dave Um, Bautista
0: from Blade Runner 2077. Yeah, (laughs) 2049. 2029. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad
1: he didn't do like a Ryan Gosling thing. I think Timothy Chalamet was the right move for this. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, Everybody in this movie is very interesting looking. Yes. Uh, You have like the kind of lazy eye syndrome going on a lot with Oscar Isaac, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, uh, everybody else. That's okay. You know, it wasn't like, oh, they're cast just because they're interesting looking, they're also just talented actors right um oscar isaac i just got finished watching the scenes from a marriage uh whoo that's a that's a heavy hitting yeah yeah. i'm good um yeah it's it's heavy (laughs) it's great but it's heavy so i just i I like that they gave time and respect to the characters it lets you empathize with them even the bad guys. Yeah. Uh boy Stellan Skarsgard's gross in this movie. Yeah, he is. Uh but he's
0: not as gross as Baron Harkonnen was from David Lynch's though. No,
1: no, no, not, not the boils in the face yeah. and everything. No yeah, this the draining is, of the boils. Well this movie is it's it doesn't cross that line where you're like i don't like what i'm looking at even the bad stuff like yeah. the bad people and the gross it's all still stylized it's still that stylized that scene of
0: him emerging from the oil yeah dude that was a cool scene yeah and
1: it's a little bit of pullback call call back to like apocalypse now with brando and the bald head oh, sure. kind of wiping his forehead sweat and like yeah. okay you're doing a little bit of this but that's fine I was kind of wondering, I don't know if you heard this or not, and I don't think it was, because I don't know. Where is Denis Villeneuve from? I don't know. He's not American-born, though, right? Uh, He has an accent, I think. I guess. The reason I'm asking is because in the David Lynch one, slash Alan Smithy, when they go out, the first run out to the desert to check out the the crawler and Mm -hmm. the sand and, and the worm, and they call down to the... Uh, crawler, and they say, hey, you guys in trouble down there? The guy reporting back, that's David Lynch's voice.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Okay. So I was like, he's a little cameo, which he likes to do in films, yeah. right? So I was wondering, like like, why that they did the Denis Villeneuve voice? But I, I think he has an accent, so I don't <laughs> think it was him. But I, I was looking for little things that was like, you know, a little like, either a nod or a middle finger back to that other one. <laughs> but I couldn't find it, which is fine. It yeah. doesn't need to. It's of its own thing. Yes. You don't need to watch the other one. Yeah. You need to watch this one.
0: Yes. Yeah, this, this, that is a hundred percent accurate statement of generally when you watch the remakes we tend to say you know what it was a good attempt at making something better but you know let's go back and watch the original one um i'm sure david lynch will be the first to say yeah i already told you not to watch it by taking my (laughs) name off of it but now double don't watch it watch this didn't even villainy one because it's got everything that first off the technology had to get there. David tried to bite off way more than he could chew Big time, that yeah. early. Yeah. Um, and then also just he was the studio said you get one shot at all of Dune, <laughs> all the whole book, one movie. Good luck. <sighs> Whereas this movie, obviously, the director was told, "All right, make it, make it work. If it succeeds, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll put part two out." Yeah. But. This is working. When was the when were the books written? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. Sixties and seventies, something or? like that. Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Sure,
1: <laughs> I don't uh, know. I'm just thinking, what, how much time do they give before they say we want to try to do this?
0: Well, the whole concept of turning novels into movies is a relatively recent concept in the in the grand scheme of things. Well, sure. Um, but you know, sci-fi in particular is so much more difficult because. How do you make the unbelievable, believable? And it did take, you know, there's been a lot of the reason why we still love A New Hope is that ILM said, well, we're just going to make everything practical and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And George Lucas went, oh, man, cool. Look at this. Great. Let's do Empire Strikes Back. and Let's go ahead and do Return of the Jedi. We'll keep that practical. We'll still use a lot of cutting edge uh, special effects. And then for some reason he got to Phantom Menace he goes, "You know what? Let's not learn anything from that. And let's just uh, let's just see what we can push technologically uh, as ILM,
1: you know, for he had then it I guess." you
0: see this and you see Dune and you see the culmination of decades of work of learning things about special effects of technology and actual physical hardware getting to the point where you can render a trillion gl- grains of sand around a relatively realistic looking mouse in imax and beads of is,
1: sweat running down his little kangaroo ears yeah
0: and you're just like that did they just get like a real mouse and like glue ears onto it like it didn't but the this movie is the whole and i know that we're going to look back on it in 20 years and be like ha, 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 look at those cartoons but and we're doing that now with movies from the 90s um, I'm looking at you, uh, Johnny Mnemonic, or Lawn Man. <laughs>
1: or Event Horizon.
0: Or a whole lot of those movies. Um, but Blade. <sighs> oh, Blade. <laughs> uh, which ending? The blood tornado one? Anyways. Um, yes. What? <laughs> what the F? Yes. He miles it's still kind of funny,
1: though. I mean, Stephen Dorr's oh, Got to give him some props there. Yes. Uh, but yeah. this,
0: this moment, this movie at this time, this is – there's not anything that has come out so far this year – that approaches the quality and the care and the work that went into every frame you talk about sound this is a movie that if you wanted to say damien here's an example of the difference between sound editing and just sound or whatever the two oscars are i have a feeling that this is a movie that someone could say all right that scene where they do the silence here's what that one is and then that scene yeah. where they're wrapping the the ornithopters, you know, around your head—that's the other thing. And even the most like they—they, they, Denis actually said, you know what? I know it's two and a half hours. We're pacing this. This movie also had breathers in it, and they may have just been for a couple seconds. And generally, they're they're part of Paul's dreams or whatever, but he had no problem just doing that one scene on the atreides homeworld of the the sun setting with the ocean and the rocks just denise was like you know what we just dumped a whole bunch of exposition on you let's give you 15 seconds to process with this beautiful scene that it's just you can read into it as This is them saying goodbye to their old world. Well, I know what you're talking
1: about. It's when he goes in, he actually steps into the ocean a little bit and puts his hand into the sand underwater. Like This is probably the last time my hands are going to feel water in this richness here.
0: No dialogue. Yeah. Very little music at that point. It was just... He w- I'm going to tell you this piece, but I'm also going to give your brain a second yeah. to process all that because the that's next what I love. thing's coming.
1: And that's what Mad Max Fury Road did, too. It was like, yeah. action! And then it was like softness. Like, let's yeah. just stop and let you know where we are so you can hear and feel what's going on around you. And there's a lot of things in this movie where you're like, oh, man. I'm waiting for this one scene to come up because I'll go back to the movie just for this one scene, right. Well, it's a series of those scenes. like it's just beautiful. I'm yeah. looking at just amazing sets here. Yeah. there's intense moments. there's real fear happening like, right. what's what's in the box? pain yeah. like there's things like that that are obviously from the books and the actual yeah. Lynch movie too. but it's done in a non cheesy way right. It's it's done in a way that just makes you you're just sucked into this world. So I hope you, when you go see it, you see it with a respectful audience. Yes, you see luck. it with people that aren't looking at their phone or chatting with each other or eating loudly or whatever it was. We sat all the way in the back yeah. here, folks, partially because it's IMAX, Damian. Yeah. We want to make sure we want to make-
0: man, The only downside of that is heat rises. It got warm by the end of that. Did medium. it? I didn't know yeah. this. Well. It also had something to do with the, the seats really sucked. And therefore we bring this full circle. Ah. And so Ben, first off, I want to say we spent fifteen dollars on tickets. We spent I'm probably we're probably gonna spend about fifteen dollars on parking. So thirty bucks to come out just to see this. I bought some Skittles and some lemonade. You did, yeah. But I'm not gonna count that. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna say, you know what? Let's just round it. Actually, I will count it. We'll just say fifty bucks. Because you also had to eat a whole pizza. So fifty bucks <laughs> to see this movie. So good. That is an investment. That is, a lot of, that is a lot of money to see and movie. And if you're going to put that sort of investment into something, you need to make sure that it's a sure thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to provide you something that you can grasp onto. We're going to call it a four-point scale, not five, five stupid. Let's do four points, a four-point scale. Where we're going to rate this movie, four is run to the theater, see it in IMAX. Big screen, big sound, see it in the best theater you can see at four. Three is streaming on HBO Max, which if you have HBO Max, you can do that right now for free, not have to leave your house. You have that option. I will warn you that choosing that path introduces the opportunity for you to be distracted from the film and i fear that if you had to step away and come back your the disconnect would make you feel lost i think you need to watch this movie front to back you need to not take a phone call you need to not have your somebody tell you to take out the trash or you know a uh get a text or look at your facebook so if you got if you got if you're if you're going to listen to us on the three if we give it a three Promise me that you're, at the very least, going to set the phone to do not disturb and, and make everyone else leave the house. Two is watch it on TV, which, hey, it's probably going to be on HBO on TV.
1: Uh, definitely on HBO. I'm yeah. sure it'll stream. Not stream. I'll be like maybe, yeah. I don't even know, TNT so maybe If one you day?
0: still have cable um, and you have purchased premium cable, then perhaps it will, be, it will definitely be on TV at some point just like how Lord of the Rings movies are where they're able to say hey we need to program all of Saturday (laughs) and let's just put one of the Lord of the Rings movies and put a whole bunch of commercials in it and the commercials will 100% ruin the experience and then one is Runaway Screaming indicating that this is actually somehow worse than the Alan Smithy version of Dune and you should watch that instead because you can probably find it for free at your local library
1: Runaway Screaming like scared Fremen in the desert from giant worms
0: 100% although the Fremen aren't scared of them let's say uh, instead off-worlders but, there you go. So that is a four is See It in the Theater. That's a big investment. Three is Watch It at Home, but you're going to promise Damien and Ben that you're going to kick everybody out of the house and set your phone on d 2 is Watch It on uh, watch it on TV with commercials so that you just have the worst possible experience. And one is Runaway Screaming Ben. On that four-point scale that I just ambushed you with, so I want to give you some time <laughs> to calculate. I'm so not ready. Where would you put on that scale? Where would you put Dave?
1: Man, if you're going to see this... And you're going to see it at home on HBO Max. You can do that. That's fine. You can watch HBO Max. But there's a caveat there, Damien. You need to go and find a computer, log online, and find Denis Villeneuve's email address and send him an apology. Yeah. Because you are offending him. Yes. I'm amazed that they're ha, doing that. though. You it have both. failed him. I'm, I'm amazed that they're doing it. It just must be about money, I guess. HBO Max must have made some kind of deal.
0: Well, and there are still people that don't <sighs> want to go out into the world, risk their lives to watch a movie.
1: Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, what, Eternals was going to be only in theaters, wasn't it? We saw one trailer where it said yeah. only in theaters. Right. I don't
0: remember which one. Yeah, movie.
1: whichever one it was.
0: No, no, no. This is 100% of four.
1: 100% yeah. of four, Damien. There's yeah. no reason this is any less, okay? I, I had high expectations for this. I like Denis Villeneuve. I think Arrival was one of the best movies I've seen in the last decade. I agree. It is fantastic. He knows how to do storytelling. But then we saw Blade Runner 2049. I was like, Damn. "Oh, wait. Oh, oh don't no no don't do that. No, no, no. So oh There are people that like that movie." Yeah. You fell asleep as I recall. I did. Yeah. I I know
0: he's a talented director. We can't always have a home run. Well, but yeah. Th- dang it, dude. This is a four. Not only can we not always have a home run, but sometimes we don't learn from our mistakes. Quentin Tarantino. hateful eight (laughs) uh, instead this is very clearly Denis Villeneuve going you know what there are people that liked Blade Runner but I do have a lesson that I need and the lesson is trust my editors to keep the pace going he learned that lesson this is is a 4 beyond 4 I don't think I'm surprising anyone with the 4 if we allowed a higher than 4 which we have in the past for Hayao Miyazaki movies we have given 4.5's of add it to your collection Uh, Because we will never give a five. Fives are stupid. Um, When this comes out on Blu-ray or more likely, um, and that's actually a good question, I'm going to need to watch this on my HDR television to see if the HBO Max is actually 4K HDR or not. And if it is not, then it may be worth purchasing the Blu-ray HDR in order to actually get the full... Scope of the visuals of this movie. There's a lot of dark
1: scenes in this, yeah. and I think it could easily get lost with clouding and pixelation. Yeah. Like, to see what's going. on. Because yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like shading and like you know, people moving through deserts and dark rooms and lots of gray and black and natural lighting, which lends, of course, to the can't tell if it's CGI or not. Right. Watch this on something. Yeah. whether There's a big screen or not. We saw it, of course. I think in the pinnacle of what but Chattanooga has to you can offer. Get in the town. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, especially with the IMAX, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just I don't. Have ever seen Dark Knight? I'm like, nothing's going to top that viewing experience. Nothing will ever top that. Yeah. So while it's in theaters, get off your ass. Yes. Find an IMAX. If you're in some little bunk town somewhere, whatever, find a big city. It is
0: time for you. You treat yourself. Treat yourself to a trip to a big city. See the movie. Grab some dinner before you head home. This is 100% the best movie that has come out this year, and I can't believe based off of what I've seen, that anything could possibly top it this year.
1: I think it's a, a contender for best picture. I think yes. it's going to get cinematography, directing, editing, sound, which, by the way, is just sound. It used to be sound mixing. And oh, that's s- right. Sa- yeah, they finally combined it. Yeah, because sound mixing and sound editing is a difference there with yeah. like sound sources and also blending. Uh, and costumes. If I didn't say that already, right? I don't know.
0: Maybe acting. Probably not, though. Uh, CGI. I, well, when it comes to, I, I don't think Timothy Chalamet is going to win. He'll no. Be nominated. No, I he, think that he's good, but he's not like I blow think, my mind good. I think Ferguson, though, will probably get supporting. She might. She might. She's good. Um, and I don't think there's anyone that. Yeah. I bet. I bet that they have a problem where Oscar Isaac and Josh Brolin get put up for supporting. They split the vote and. Someone in Sonic the Hedgehog wins or something. I don't know. (laughs) Josh Brolin's intense. It's always funny. It's always you see, like, you
1: hear him, you're like, oh, it's Thanos. Yeah. But he just, you know, he's like, he's so much smaller. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, yes. Every, yeah, from an award standpoint, it's going to win. Yeah. It needs to win everything. And if it doesn't, then the Oscars are a sham and I'm done with them. Um, This is 100% the best thing I have seen this year. And, I'll be honest, you know, it's still we're still in the end time, so there's not as much to choose from anymore. Well, you haven't seen any maximum carnage yet. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, <laughs> I can't imagine anything being better than this. Um just um, an amazing, amazing film. And it's been, we've been recording for 46 minutes and yeah. I'm still shook.
1: Well, it, it's, you can just keep talking about it because you're that yeah. impressed by it, yeah. right? A movie that's like, I remember some movies you've seen, you're like, Ben, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Right. Yeah. You will keep talking about this for another half an hour if you yes, wanted to because exactly. we're just geeking out on this stuff because there yeah. was just so much to enjoy. I had a lot of favorite scenes. I don't know if you had one or not. I loved, of course, anything out in the desert with the worms and the mm. intensity of that because it was real, real danger. But just the little moments they had here with the family aspect of things. Right. And just the fact that they didn't spell it out like, you know, why would we give the Atreides this planet? You know, not everything is what you think it is. Yeah. You know, There's like, ooh, what's going on there? But if you know the story, you know what's going on with why they brought the Atreides family there to basically a shambles, mess of spice mine equipment. And
0: uh, there's lots of things going there's on. Lo- We're not
1: going to spoil you about Yeah, it there's there. lots of things to see. Yeah. See it in the theater. Yeah.
0: And also, it's very important to us, we need to know if you... If you need to be talked into it, uh, hit us up on our Facebook and we'll talk you into it. You can hit us up on Facebook at Alan Smithy Film Review. You can also check out all of our previous podcasts at alansmithyfilmreview.com. And we're really happy that you guys are listening to us on your uh, platform of choice. Of course, uh, the audio podcast goes out on Spotify and Google Play and Apple uh, Podcasts. I keep wanting to call it iTunes. Um, Tell your friends. Ask them. Tell us if you didn't like it. Please tell us why you didn't like it. Um, I I need to understand because I my brain cannot comprehend. Although you know, <laughs> does not compute. Yeah, I mean the answer. I have a feeling that the people who are going to tell me they didn't like it are going to say, "Yeah, I'll watch it on HBO Max," and I'm going to be like. Did you did you make everyone? Did you watch it without looking at anything else for two and a half hours? Right, right, right. No, you you... go, well, no, I shouldn't have to. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'll be like, nah, yeah, I don't want to hear it. There,
1: I mean, you you've (laughs) admitted many times, Damon, you watch films while you're playing a game or doing something else. Like, this is on that list where you're not gonna do that.
0: Nope. No, this is this is a return to the. I want to watch a movie. And so when it when it leaves theaters, this will be one that I sit on my couch and I watch the movie in my surround sound living room. Yeah. And just that's uh, the only distraction will be the popcorn out of my bowl into my face. And that's about it because yeah. this is that kind of movie, and we really haven't had that kind of movie in a while. And I'm just, I just love it.
1: And so those much. You're really are on the fence about, oh, I don't know if I like sci-fi movies or not. Sci-fi is part of this. It's kind of yeah. like Game of Thrones. Where we're like, oh, it's all about dragons. Dragons are part of this world, yeah. but it's like two percent of it. Yeah. The worms are not the big thing here. Okay, right. uh, there's interesting weapons, but it's just about people. Yeah, it's people. It's interesting stories. It's interesting stories. Yeah. So right. go into it for that.
0: So we, like Ben said, we can keep nerding out on this for 15 years. We're not going to. We want to hear from you, though. So please drop us a note on Facebook. Again, that's Alan Smithy Film Review. Thank you very much for joining us. Coming to you live. Woohoo! Live, live, live. To recording from the Mustang Studios. It's Damien. This is Ben. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye.